0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Don't know why, but they did it, so we're going to talk about it. The SEC released the 2022 football schedules in the middle of the 2021 season. So, hey, I'll show them to you. We'll talk about it and uh, look at some of the good non-conference games, too, next year. Really, really good slate of those. And, of course, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think Ole Miss got a break with their early season schedule. The back half is just brutal, but they get off. To a pretty good start. And for Mississippi State, got a couple of breaks as well. And I'll tell you what those are. Right here on the live stream on Michael Borkey. Glad to see you guys on this Wednesday morning. Wow, it's Wednesday already. This week is flying by. It is good to see you, and I'm glad to be with you. Uh, before we dive into the schedules, real quick, I want to remind you that this is streaming on YouTube. If you don't use YouTube or subscribe on YouTube, you should. Michael Borkey is all you need to find. Uh, Like the video. Also, while you're here, if you like what you hear, that would help me out a ton. But subscribe on YouTube. Uh, That would be the best way to watch this whenever I am live. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook. And wherever you get your podcasts, my name or Mike in the morning should do it. Turn up results and subscribe there as well. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you. Glad to see you on this Wednesday morning. And if you want to be like Wayne, you can comment and display it right here, regardless of the platform you are watching on And we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm in. I am in. So here's the schedule. I'll display it for you right now. This was released yesterday. Although I've got one, it's not a complaint because I appreciate the content. I'm in the content business. I do all of the content for a three hour radio show. I do this in the morning. I also do a podcast. I'm a busy guy, as it turns out. Um, I appreciate the content from the SEC. But if you want to maximize the news cycle, You should not release the next year's schedule in September. You should release next year's schedule like in February. The schools already know what it's going to be. We already knew who the non-conference opponents were going to be. We already knew who the crossover opponents were going to be. So let the schools know and tell them to keep it secret if they have to, whatever. Do some creative release videos, which they did, by the way. Mississippi State won the night with their video. It looked fantastic. Uh, really good job from the creative team there. Uh, but if you want to really make this like a news cycle, what the hell are you doing it in September for? It, the, the NFL has mastered stuff like this. They create news cycles out of nothing. They have draft, free agency, mini camp, OTA, stuff like that. A lot of things that college football doesn't do. But do something like this not during the season because this is going to just disappear quickly. Today people are going to talk about the schedules, of course they are. We will on the radio this afternoon. But that's all. It's just it's going to disappear. If you wanted to make an impact, they should have done this not during football season. Everybody's distracted. There's too much going on. They should have done this later. That's my only gripe. I appreciate the content. I'm happy about it. We're going to talk about it. Why are they releasing it in September? Anyway, we'll uh we'll look at uh, Ole Miss, State, and then some of the non-conference matchups that uh, that stood out to me. So uh, we'll start with Ole Miss since they're on top as far as the schedule goes. They're the first one. Uh, they start with Troy and UCA, Central Arkansas. Then they go to Georgia Tech in week three, host Tulsa and Kentucky in back-to-back weeks. Then they go to Vanderbilt and host Auburn, go to LSU and Texas A&M, they have their open date. They are the last open date in the SEC. So this year, they're their first open date in the SEC. They're the earliest in the conference. Uh, next year, they're the latest in the conference. And then Alabama at home at Arkansas and Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. So there's old Miss's schedule next year. A couple of things. Life without Matt Corral gets a very easy start. A very easy, nice unraveling for whoever the quarterback may be in Oxford, whether it be Luke Altmeyer or somebody that has yet to be on campus. My money's still on that. And that's just a guess. I don't know for sure. I have no idea, honestly. I just kind of feel like there's going to be some quality names in the portal uh, that will have a year or two of eligibility left, and that's where they'll go. That's just what I think, I have no idea if that's how it's going to be or not. Either way, life without Matt Corral for Ole Miss gets a very easy start with Troy and Central Arkansas that go to Georgia Tech, who's struggling, and they'll have a lot of fans there in Tulsa, and you get Kentucky at home in Vanderbilt. I mean, those first six games, you could not have asked for an easier start for whoever your new quarterback is going to be. You really get to ease whoever it is into playing quarterback in the SEC for whoever, whether it be Altmeyer or somebody not yet on the roster. That's a great break for Ole Miss, getting those first six games what they are. Um, four of your first five games are at home, and your two road games are Atlanta and Nashville, where you're going to have a bunch of fans there. Could not have asked for a better break in your first six for life after Corral. The last six is absolutely brutal it's the rest of the sec west in your last six you play the your last six games are all against west opponents but you do get a nice break though uh those six games get split up by a bye week so if you look at Ole miss's schedule this year this early bye really sucks for them because now they've got nine games in a row where it's all sec competition and then liberty uh who again i mean liberty is no better than Tulane, uh and i'm Not looking forward to that week of people trying to convince me that Liberty is like actually good. But we'll get to that later. The final nine games for Ole Miss are all in a row. Not getting those games now against SEC competition plus Liberty, not broken up by a bye week, is really unfortunate uh, for this year's team. And that's brutal. At least your final six next year is broken up by a bye week. You have to play three really tough games You have an off week before three more really, really tough games. So you get a nice bye week break there. So the first six, you have to love the the momentum that you can acquire in those first six weeks with your opponents and your team after Matt Corral is gone. And then your last six get broken up by a bye week. So it's tough. I mean, again, your final six games against SEC West competition, that's no fun. But you do get a break with the bye week. So a very favorable schedule for Ole Miss, honestly, next year. I, I like the way it sets up for them considering what they will be having to do and what they'll be replacing and how it gets broken up with the bye. So very nice schedule for Ole Miss. I saw somebody yesterday say the schedule makers didn't do them any favors. I disagree completely. Uh, this is a nice break. This is a nice schedule for them and um, – You don't like the end where you have to play Alabama-Arkansas and then State on short rest. That's tough, especially considering who State has uh, before the Egg Bowl. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But I think as far as SEC schedules go, this is as favorable of one as you could ask for, honestly. As favorable of one as you could ask for. You really get a nice break at the top. So that's uh, that's Ole Miss again, real quick. Uh, Troy, Central Arkansas at home at Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky at home, at Vanderbilt, Auburn at home, at LSU and Texas A&M, open date, Alabama at home, at Arkansas, Egg Bowl in Oxford. Mississippi State schedule. Run through it quickly. Opening with Memphis at home. Then you have back-to-back road games at Arizona and at LSU. Then three home games in a row with Bowling Green, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Then back-to-back road games with Kentucky and Alabama. Then your open date, three consecutive home games with Auburn, Georgia, and East Tennessee State. And Ole Miss on the road in the Egg Bowl. Um, you get that Memphis return game, the, uh, the revenge game, if you will, in, uh, in Starkville to open the season. I kind of feel like that'll be a bit of an intense environment. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of feel like there's going to be some holdover animosity uh, from from what happened this year and and stuff like that uh for for next year's home opener against Memphis, but uh you get Arizona at a really good spot, and I'm not talking about on the schedule, although you know week two against arizona it doesn't really matter where they are because this same principle applies when this game was scheduled for for state, Arizona was better th- than they are right now. Uh, you know how they schedule these things years in advance. Maybe things will change between now and next year. But right now, when when your Power 5 opponent is in the spot that Arizona is in right now as a program, uh, that's, that's a nice break. Arizona's quite bad at the moment. And uh, it's going to take possibly multiple years before they start being formidable. And so having Arizona on your schedule... And having them be what they are right now is a very nice break. So, yeah, you've got to go to Tucson. Um, It is a power five opponent on the road. You're getting them at a really good time, it appears. So, that's a break for state for sure. Uh, LSU early in the season. I guess this is going to be a thing now. I guess state and LSU are just going to start playing early in the season and and be each other's first SEC game. I I guess this is a trend that's just going to keep continuing. I, I don't know why this is happening, but here here you are uh that that's a tough spot having back-to-back road games one being you know out west to Arizona although again I don't think they're very good and then Baton Rouge early your four straight games this is going to tell you everything you need to know about Mississippi State season next year you get a free win with Bowling Green they're very bad uh But A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Alabama, you tell me what their record is after those games, and I tell you what kind of season that they have. They also have a late bye game, which uh, I think is actually in a good spot. People hate early bye weeks, and they hate late bye weeks. I guess everybody wants them at, like, week six or whatever. But there is no uh, opportunity for a Bama hangover game. It's been scientifically proven, by the way. I don't know if science science is the best word to use, but it's been proven – that teams perform worse after Alabama statistically than they do in any other game all season. It's true. There is an actual Bama hangover, and State doesn't have to worry about that because they get an off week after Alabama before Auburn at home, which will be a game that fans think is uh, is winnable. Fans will expect that to be a game that's close, a game that they can't win. They get an off week after Alabama to recover from the uh, statistically proven Bama hangover and an off week before what people will expect to be a winnable game with uh, with Auburn. You hate getting Georgia out of the East. At least you get them at home, but you, you hate that Georgia is your crossover opponent this year. Um, Alabama, for example, gets Vanderbilt, which I had somebody say to me yesterday, and, and I agree completely, there should be some kind of a bylaw in the SEC that does not let Alabama play Vanderbilt. In the crossover, like that, that shouldn't happen. They should make that illegal somehow. Uh, Partially kidding, but you know, maybe that shouldn't be allowed. So Alabama gets Vanderbilt, Uh, Mississippi State gets Georgia. Not fun, but you love where East Tennessee State is. State gets a pseudo bye week essentially before the Egg Bowl. And you love that, especially because Ole Miss is going to be playing Arkansas, Alabama, Arkansas, and then the Egg Bowl. State, you know, unfortunately, uh, will have to play Georgia, but it's Georgia, East Tennessee State, who did beat Vanderbilt this year. Shout out to the, what are they, the Buccaneers? I think that's what they are. I think the Buccaneers. Anyway, a pseudo-bye week before the Egg Bowl where Ole Miss is having to play. Arkansas, that's a really nice break uh, on the schedule for state. So there you go. Run through it one more time. Memphis at home, back-to-back road games with Arizona and LSU. Bowling Green, AM and and Arkansas all at home. At Kentucky, at Alabama before your open date. Hosting Auburn, Georgia, and East Tennessee State in a row before the Egg Bowl in Oxford on Thanksgiving night. So there are your schedules. There are your schedules. A few of the non-conference matchups that I love. Uh, we'll get to this right now. William, do you know if Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC next season, they will have to redo this? That will be your story in February. Yeah, I'm curious to see how fast Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. I have seen a lot of people suggest that 2023 would be the date um, or, or would be the season, that they may not have everything ironed out by next year. I could be wrong. And yeah, they would completely blow this all up, of course, if Texas and Oklahoma join. And it sounds like when Texas and Oklahoma join, there won't be divisions anymore. I mean, I have not seen anybody suggest anything other than the divisions, the pods that we talked about before the season began. Uh, You guys may remember that 16-team conference, four groups of four, where you have everybody's you know, permanent rival, like you'll have Ole Miss and State in the same group. You have Alabama and Auburn in the same group. Uh, South Carolina, Georgia in the same group. Georgia and Florida in the same group, and so on and so on and so on. Um, it certainly feels like that's the direction that they will go because I I have seen and heard so much negative written, reported, whatever the case may be, about the uh, current scheduling model that, Next year will be the first time, for example, that Tennessee returns to LSU. You guys remember the last time Tennessee played at LSU? Where Tennessee had 15 guys on the field and lost the game when they should have won. Uh, But that penalty uh, had to reset what was the game-winning play and Tennessee ended up losing. That was 12 years ago. That was the last time that LSU played at Tennessee. What kind of conference, or how can you call yourself a conference if you go 12 years between playing at one of your member schools? It's not. And adding two more teams to the existing model, you might as well just have two separate conferences at that point. It's not going to go down like that. There's been too many people that have complained over the years about the current model and the fact that you go 12 years between road trips to a conference opponent they will scrap this model and go to the pods of some kind moving forward. I have no doubt in my mind about that. There's too much momentum in favor of that. There's too much negativity surrounding the uh, the current system. And when you add two more teams into the current system, you only make it that much worse. So, yeah, if they do, or if they're able to execute the move in time, yeah, this will just get completely, completely blown up. Um It doesn't sound like they'll be able to get it done by next year, but who knows, man? Uh, High-profile lawyers are really good at their jobs, and there's a reason they get paid a lot of money, I suppose. So some of the more interesting uh, non-conference matchups that we've got. Alabama's going to Texas, and uh, God bless Texas, but not in the way that they say it. I mean, God bless Texas for getting an absolute beatdown from an actual SEC team, two years in a row, they got smoked in Fayetteville, and now they're going to go. Oh, they're going to host Texas. Or excuse me, they're going to host Alabama and get smoked by the Tide next year as well. Welcome to the SEC, where you can't win in Fayetteville and you can't beat Alabama at home. Good luck. I, I can already tell you Alabama's winning that game. Go ahead and mark that down and save it for later. Shout out to Arkansas. The schedule maker at Arkansas is not scared. I'll give them credit for that. Uh, they're hosting Cincinnati in their season opener. Cincinnati, a, a now Big 12 team, uh, ranked in the top 10 or whatever. I'm sure when this game was scheduled, it was not the case. But they've got Cincinnati and BYU, who is now 3-0, and also joining the Big 12. And BYU's three wins are all against Pac-12 teams. They are 3-0 and against the Pac-12 this year, and that's a road trip. So shout-out to Arkansas for you know, scheduling, not scared. They've also got Liberty on this schedule as well, which, again, is not a formidable opponent to an SEC team, regardless of what some people around here try to convince you of. But shout-out to Arkansas. You're playing in the SEC West, and you've added two really good, formerly group of five teams to that schedule, I got to give you props. props for they due. that's uh That's a good schedule for uh for Arkansas. Uh, Auburn has Penn State making their return trip to Jordan Hare. That'll be a hell of an environment. Uh, really can't wait for that one, and they have two not walkthrough games because San-, San Jose State's been okay, but they have essentially two walkthrough games before that Penn State game in week three that uh that'll be a lot of fun. Auburn has five consecutive home games. To start the season. Isn't that nuts? Five consecutive home games to start the season. That's crazy. That is, uh, that's crazy. Uh, Florida's hosting Utah. That's relatively interesting to start the season. Utah, by the way, they're uh, the quarterback that transferred from Baylor to Utah. Started the first couple of games, got benched on Saturday, transferred out already. Literally taking his ball and going home. Georgia, on top of having to play Georgia Tech at the end of the season, they've scheduled a, a season opening game with Oregon in Atlanta. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Kentucky's got just Louisville, so you know, snoozer on uh, on your part. Got to schedule better than that, guys. This is boring. Miami of Ohio and Youngstown State in Northern Illinois and Louisville are. Kentucky's non-conference games. LSU, for some reason, is playing Florida State in New Orleans. Now, everybody loves going to New Orleans. It's a fun trip. Um, This should be a home-and-home that occurs in Tiger Stadium and occurs in Tallahassee. Maybe it's just going to be so damn hot they'd rather play it inside of a dome. I don't know. But the neutral site games were fun for a time. But tell me what will be a better environment. This game in New Orleans? On Sunday, I think this that opening Sunday, or this game in Tiger Stadium, which one would be a better environment? I'm I'm kind of out on the neutral or the yeah the early season neutral site games. I'd rather see this game in Tiger Stadium. I would rather see the return trip happen in Tallahassee. That's just me. We already know about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Missouri's got Kansas State on their schedule for whatever that's worth. Um, South Carolina is really testing themselves with a, a home game against Charlotte. If Will Haley stays, don't uh, don't be surprised if Charlotte goes in there and plays well. Um, Tennessee makes their return trip to Pittsburgh. Uh, A&M's got a couple of interesting ones here in their non-conference slate. They've got uh, Appalachian State and Miami. Appalachian State and Miami. I didn't say that yesterday, William. I don't know where that's coming from. Yesterday, you said State should schedule a few cupcakes, get winning season, and make a bowl. I didn't say that yesterday. The SEC won't allow you to do that anymore. You have to play Power 5 teams. At least one. One of your four non-conference games has to be against a Power 5 team. So you can't really do that. Um, I, I did not say that yesterday, though. You can't. You cannot. Vanderbilt's going to play in Week Zero against Hawaii. They also have Wake Forest. So there you go. I, I guess. Um, so, you know, happening in uh, in September, it shouldn't be. I, I didn't say anything remotely close to that. I, I didn't even talk about their schedule and who they should schedule uh, yesterday at all. You may be confusing me with uh, with somebody else, but. Um. No, I, I thought it was a joke when Scott Strickland, when he was at State, apologized for playing Oklahoma State. I thought that was a joke, and that was an embarrassing for, for State. And, um, I mean, it was a long time ago. I, I certainly I didn't have, have these platforms, but I remember the statement he released. And if I were a State fan in that moment, I would have been really, really embarrassed, really embarrassed uh, by the fact that my AD is apologizing to us for scheduling a game. I mean, that, that, was, that was terrible at the time. No, I will, I will never suggest that Ole Miss and State should not schedule, especially now with the the trends of fewer and fewer people are showing up and buying season tickets and they'd rather stay at home. I would love to have the schedules be more interesting uh, than they currently are. I, I'm glad that State's got Arizona, for example, on the schedule. I'm glad that Ole Miss is Georgia Tech and Southern Cal in the future. They, they need more of that. Um, They need more of that to to get people to to keep showing up cuz the current model is is also harming these schools and ticket sales and uh, and stuff like that. There was also a a question that was brought up on the radio show yesterday kind of in part because of what I talked about yesterday on here which was who has more pressure on them to win in this game in Starkville this weekend, Ed Orgeron or Mike Leach and I think it's the e- I think it's an easy 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 answer. And it's Ed Orgeron. State fans are a little restless, as we talked about yesterday. Excuse me. Uh, A little restless, as we talked about. But I don't think there's any pressure on Mike Leach in terms of job security right now. Um, None. Uh, As much as fans want there to be, I don't think there is. Ed Orgeron, if he loses this game, you can almost guarantee... He will not be coaching at LSU next year. Uh, You can almost guarantee it. He has to win this game. Mike Leach does not have to win this game. Ed Orgeron cannot go to Starkville and lose and, and keep his job because, you know, it's kind of a ball rolling down the hill kind of thing. There's already some unrest in Baton Rouge anyway. But. Losing to Mississippi State means that they will lose a handful more games this year and they will not accept that. And then also they have excuses with the Title IX and the NCAA stuff. Ed Orgeron, guys, when you go to when you watch this game this Saturday, he has to win it. He has to. He, he will he won't survive. It won't be this week. Like if he loses, he won't get fired on Sunday. But he will not survive if he loses to Mississippi State. There's no scenario that I can see in my head that says LSU loses, Orgeron keeps his job. There's nothing, nothing that I can see if that team is losing to State, is doing enough for him to keep his job. Orgeron, when you watch him on the sidelines, he has to win that game. He has to. There is so much pressure on him, so much pressure on him to win this game because if he doesn't, I think it's over. And I have a feeling he knows that. Um, We'll see if he can handle it. Because we've seen in the past where he was coaching for his job, he didn't handle it particularly well. So, anyway. no, you don't have to apologize, William. I just, uh, no no need to apologize at all, man. Uh, No, I I don't think that the solution for State is scheduling easier, though. I I don't think that's the solution. Um, The problem is they've struggled against teams that, you you look at the schedule, and they're, they're supposed to be easy. You know? I mean, you're supposed to beat Memphis. You're supposed to not have to have a 21 point fourth quarter comeback to beat Louisiana Tech. I mean, the the most difficult game on their schedules so far is the one they won with NC State. Um, that's uh, that's bass backwards, you know. But that's kind of the situation they're in right now. But yeah, Ordonez essentially every week coaching for his job. He is. I mean, he can survive a loss to Alabama or Texas A and M. Can't this weekend? He uh, he cannot this weekend, and that is uh, that is an incredibly underrated storyline that I've not seen many people talk about going into this game. Honestly, nationally, is anybody talking about that that aspect of it? Maybe they don't believe that two years removed from maybe the best season in college football history, you could be fired. But hello, Gene Chizik, we've uh, we've seen that. There was one thing also I wanted to talk with you guys about. I just I can't figure out how to get. I I need a new mixer. I need a new microphone. I need a lot of new stuff. Uh, My budget does not allow for me to uh, to do that. And since I'm self funding everything when it comes to the home studio and live streaming, I'm kind of stuck in the position I'm in right now. Um, One of these days, I will have the appropriate equipment to play stuff through the system for you, Brad Bohannon. Last week, um made the college baseball world mad. And I don't like talking about baseball at all during football season, especially college baseball, but he had some comments that we uh, we played on the radio show yesterday uh, about his baseball program. If you don't know, he's the head coach at Alabama. And he was on, I guess, the coach's show with Eli Gold. Uh, and he was asked about what NIL and stuff is doing to his program. And he talked about how he's got scholarship disadvantages as opposed to Vanderbilt or Arkansas was some examples he used, and he made some good points that the playing field in college baseball is uneven. We talk about it all the time. All the time, some schools can offer more than others. It's, it's a joke, and the NCAA is never going to do anything about it until baseball moves the needle, and it never will, so they're never going to do anything about it. Uh, it's a joke, and it always will be. Thank goodness for NIL uh, to at least help some programs that actually care like Mississippi State. All their kids are going to basically get on full ride if they want to, thanks to an NIL deal for however long that lasts. At least we have that to level the playing field some with like Vanderbilt and Arkansas around here. I assume Ole Miss will get into the fold as well. They need to if they haven't yet. Uh, They need to get on that if they haven't. But he made some valid points. Alabama's in a different world than Arkansas. They can't be competitive. They cannot be. So he was right there. And he said a lot of right things, but also he took shots, a particular shot at Mississippi state. And he said, he said something like, look at the national champion. Anybody with a pulse can get in state tuition there or, and, or anybody with a pulse can get into school there. And nobody from out of state is going there. Uh, There's no reason to go to Starkville unless you're playing sports is what he said. Something like that. Um, Just a, a completely, out of left field, forgive the baseball pun, uh, shot at state for some reason. And he also talked about how you can get in-state tuition to Arkansas if you live in Valdosta, Georgia, and and stuff like that. Um, I I don't... First of all, a lot of his stuff was wrong about what other schools can get. He, He didn't have his facts right anyway. But... What you do when you insult is you invalidate yourself. I mean, how often have you guys? I'm sure a lot of you watch political shows and stuff like that. Um, or even just debates when we have our two supposed best options to lead the free world and they resort to insults against each other. It's what. That's what we do now. That's our political discourse now It's just to insult each other. And what that does is you immediately tune somebody out when they insult you, right? That's the first thing you do when you've been in an argument or have a disagreement or whatever. And the second somebody insults you, you, turn, you tune them out because it completely invalidates what they're saying. Same thing with Brad Bohannon here. He had some really good points. Alabama baseball is at a disadvantage compared to Arkansas. No doubt. Arkansas can offer more scholarships. Vanderbilt can offer more scholarships. He's at a disadvantage. But when you start throwing insults, when you start throwing insults, you invalidate yourself. And that's what he did. It, it was a childish thing to do. And, and I saw a lot of state fans uh, reacting to it. And, and I understand why. Um, But, but it, it invalidates everything he said. And it makes me not feel bad for him. Because I, I would have if he would have just been like, you know, it's tough here uh we just we don't have the same advantages as others. my kids can't get nil deals and you know we're kind of behind. I would sympathize with that because he's right, and that's not fair, but then he decided to throw insults and incorrect data points for other programs, so I tune him out and I think he's a crybaby it's that simple he completely invalidated himself. I wouldn't get angry about what he said because um Taking a shot at Starkville is pretty rich when you sit in the mecca that is Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I mean, come on, let's not pretend like Tuscaloosa is Nashville, okay? Like, you, you're, it's a small college town too. Um, I've been a few times. It's fine. It's not special. It's not Athens. It's not Nashville. It's not Austin. It's it's okay. I enjoy Auburn personally more than I do Tuscaloosa. It's fine. It's a college town. It's not special. It's only special because your damn football program. It's only special because of Nick Saban. That's it. Um, Then he completely invalidated himself. I wish I could play it for you. Uh, It's it's out there if you guys haven't seen it. Um, I I tweeted it yesterday, so if you follow me on Twitter, you can see it there. Um, But there's also some pretty rich irony in a guy, although it's baseball, coaching at Alabama, whining about unfair advantages. As if Alabama football doesn't have all the money and booster support in the world that makes sure they get all the best players in the world. Um, it's a joke. All he had to do was not insult and everybody would have been like, yeah, this is BS. But instead, he took the childish road and I don't sympathize with him. That, that's too bad. You know, maybe you, your players would get NIL deals if you weren't such a crybaby. I don't know. Maybe you could talk to some boosters and, hey, you know, let's let's work something out with with my baseball players. Ole Miss has soccer players, women's soccer players that got NIL deals. So maybe that's a you problem and not a your sport problem. That's just me. Anyway, uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, because that's what that's what immature people do. That's a failed argument. So the second you insult, you invalidate yourself. That's just that's just the truth. So he's, you know, that yeah, that's it. He he's just he, he took the childish approach, and now he's invalid. So y'all be good. Don't forget to subscribe to YouTube. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in this morning. Uh, really excited to start previewing the weekend. It's not a great slate of games, but there's a couple very important games upcoming. So we'll get to those tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again on the radio this afternoon or, of course, tomorrow. Y'all be good.